Welcome to the program. I'm Jeff Sheckman. Much of the growth of the U.S. economy comes from technology. Where once companies like U.S. Steel, DuPont, or Kodak sat atop the economy, today it's Amazon, Google, NVIDIA, and Apple that drive both economic and social progress. Creative destruction has done its job while making our lives better, easier, but most importantly, different. However, change often brings fear, fear of the new, of bigness, and of companies that many feel have become too powerful. Yet change continues, and new entries are always beating at the door of the incumbents. Despite these household names that we all know, there are nearly 1,400 unicorns, private companies valued at over a billion dollars, and some of these will be the giants of tomorrow. This all has parallels and differences to the Gilded Age in America. My guest, Tom Wheeler, the former chairman of the Federal Communications Commission during the Obama administration and a current investor and venture capitalist, argues that the Gilded Age of the late 19th century is comparable to our current digital Gilded Age. In his new book, Techlash, he contends that the paradox of the Gilded Age of industrialization is being repeated today. That in both eras, wondrous new products have been accompanied by abusive corporate practices and digital entrepreneurs have been making their own rules for the marketplace, exploiting personal privacy and crushing market competition. We're going to look at all of that today as it's my pleasure to welcome Tom Wheeler to the program to talk about TechLash, who makes the rules in the digital gilded age. Tom Wheeler, thanks so much for joining us. Hello, Jeff. It's great to be with you. Well, it is a delight to have you here. You have this notion that what we're experiencing now, particularly with big tech, has parallels, similarities to to the Gilded Age of 100 years ago. Talk about that first. You know, there's no doubt that technology has impacted the American economy and the way we all live our lives today. Um, And what fascinated me um, as a as a frustrated amateur history buff was that this is not the first time that we have been through this kind of a situation. You know, if you look back to the original Gilded Age, the late 19th and early 20th century, and you look at the characteristics of that era. Yes, you had new technology that was driving new products, that was driving new economic behavior. The concept, for instance, of going from an agricultural and a, and a artisanal uh, economy to an industrial economy. Um, and we're now driving on into a exponential economy. Uh, All of those things led to an acceleration of the pace of life, um, a creation of monopolies, the destruction of small businesses, and great wealth disparity resulted. There were consumer harms. And even in the original Gilded, Gilded Age, they were dealing with fake news. And so I looked at those parallels and um, and said, you know, there's another parallel in this. And, and that is that the innovators and their investors 
we're acting as pseudo governments to make the rules. And in the original Gilded Age, the people acting through their elected representatives eventually stood up and said, no, we're not going to put up with this anymore. And federal regulation stepped in to rebalance the economy. And um, I think we're at that point in time now where it is time to rebalance and to do it in such a way that also continues to encourage innovation. And so that was the challenge that I was trying to address as I wrote TechLash. Isn't there a difference, though, in that, number one, the barriers to entry in technology are so much lower than they were in the the Gilded Age that, that you're talking about, in the original Gilded Age, that we can have 1,400 unicorns out there and that some of those companies can easily become the giants of tomorrow. We talk about Apple as one of those giant companies today. In fact, by market cap, the, the world's largest company. And yet, a couple of weeks ago, there was talk about some new phone that's run by AI that SoftBank is, is thinking of putting money into, that Johnny Ives is designing, that Sam Altman is involved in. So that, you know, that may replace Apple in a, in a matter of years. The speed at which things move today is also fundamentally different in the Gilded Age. And the technology itself, which creates greater openness and, and transparency, arguably, the internet itself, which is open, that all of these things make it fundamentally different from the previous Gilded Age. Gee, I don't think so, Jeff. And let me, let's just pick up on your point of openness. The internet is an incredible open network. And what it did was to move us from the, the industrial era where all economic activity was centralized because the networks were centralizing, you know, to think about a, a rail yard, for instance, that all of the tracks come in and then to a central point and then things are rerouted to go on out. That was where the, the way the telegraph worked. That was where the telephone worked. That was the way everything worked until the distributed internet came along, the distributed and open internet. And, and that is what empowered the, you know, the, the classic two guys and a dog in a garage to be able to develop new ideas. And, you know, and I'm an entrepreneur. I've started uh, several new companies. I'm a former venture capitalist who was investing in those folks. But here's what the difference is today. The difference is that the major companies, the major digital companies, have built on top of that open internet platform a closed capability where if I'm going to relate to my friends, I do it through Facebook. If I'm going to do search, um, I do it through Google, et cetera, et cetera. And in the process of running that closed environment, they collect 
the capital asset of the 21st century, which is digital information, data, and hoard it so that it is not available to new competitors. And so the reality that an entrepreneur faces is, yes, you can, the, the distributed network creates all kinds of opportunities until you come across the fact that you need at scale to have this asset that is held by somebody else who won't let you use it. And, um, and so what I propose in the book is that we need to have an openness of the platforms that they don't hoard their data like Rockefeller hoarded oil in the Gilded Age. Talk about that data. Are we talking about personal data, privacy? Talk about the data that, that you're talking about specifically. Well, you know, there's a, one of the th things that I talk about in, in TechLash, Jeff, is, is the, 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 the data virtual cycle, if you will, where it starts out with taking your personal information and my personal information and turning it into a corporate asset um, where, where our private information becomes controlled by those who profit from its use. And by not making that information interoperable or available to others, it allows them to control the markets. And when you control the markets, then you can control the information. And when people use that information, they create new data and the cycle begins all over again. Now, I want to emphasize, I am a capital C capitalist. I believe in free enterprise and, um, and uh, Schumpterian uh, competition. Um, and my concern is that we have a situation that is set up where the kind of competition that we all would like to see has been constrained by the behavior of the behemoths. How do we begin, though, to think about fixing that and regulating that? Because we see examples, and, and, and we may disagree about this, but something like what the Europeans are proposing with the Digital Services Act seems to go too far in the other direction. It is taking a lot of the openness of the internet, arguably, away and putting too much power in the hands of regulators. And how do we deal with that in a world where we have the degree of regulatory capture that we see today? Capture is a different issue. We can come back to that in, in a second. But, you know, when I was chairman of the Federal Communications Commission, I was dealing with a statute that was written in 1934 when television broadcasting didn't exist and was updated in 1996 
when the internet was AOL. And so an ongoing challenge was how do you fit digital realities into structures that were defined in an industrial world? And one of the frustrations that I continually ran up against, and again, I'm coming back, coming to this as an entrepreneur, as a venture capitalist, one of the frustrations I kept running up against is that the way in which industrial era regulation was done, which was rigid, top-down micromanagement, is inappropriate in the dynamic digital era that you need to, and, and as a result of it being inappropriate, it is, it, it, it discourages innovation, it discourages investment. But the fact of the matter is that the harms are still occurring. So the challenge that I address in TechLash is how do you create an oversight structure that will rebalance the rights of individuals and the public interest with the power of the corporations. And at the same point in time, encourage the kind of innovation and investment that we all want to see going forward. And that means that we have to quit defining our regulatory challenge today in terms of what we knew yesterday. We need to, and let me just, go one step deeper into that, Jeff, that if you go back to the original Gilded Age and, and when the government, in this case, the Congress, went to create regulatory agencies, they said, let's manage those agencies the same way that the companies they're overseeing are managed. And what was that management? That was rigid, top-down. The guru, the management guru of the time was Frederick W. Taylor. He had a concept of scientific management, which said that you, you squeeze out all innovation and there is one way to do it. And so we're surprised that our government turns around and is a top-down rules-based bureaucratic structure. The problem is that's not the way digital companies are run. Digital companies are open, transparent, risk-based, and agile. And how do we, and so one of the things I talk about in TechLash was how is how do we come up with a new way of dealing with the digital challenges that looks like the way in which the companies are managed in order to maximize innovation and opportunity. Aren't we doing, though, exactly the opposite of that with respect to the way, for example, the FTC is approaching this, which is from a punitive, top-down kind of approach based upon old legislation? Well, you just, you just made the case. The FTC act was written in 1914. And let me just go one step further on that, because I'm a big fan of Lena Khan, the chairwoman of the FTC, and I think she's doing a great job 
And the, her challenge is that her agency is basically a law enforcement agency. It is able to bring lawsuits against companies rather than say, what are the rules we're all going to operate under? How do we develop some kind of code of conduct? And, and Lena Khan and the FTC staff are all good, dedicated people. But we need a new way of thinking about how we oversee the digital market that is not trapped in industrial era thinking like the FTC statute is. And yet in an era in which there is, coming back to, to the point that I made before in part, in an era in which there is so much money floating around that, that these companies are putting into lobbying, there is so much regulatory capture. And, and I think you've probably heard some of the stories that Bill Gurley tells about this, that, that you combine that with the polarization that's in our politics today, and you wonder how we're ever going to get the kind of legislation that we need to deal with exactly what you're talking about. Well, you know, Jeff, that's another thing that I found was encouraging by looking at the, at the original Gilded Age. The, the Congress of the United States in the late 1900s was owned, I'm sorry, the late, the late 19th century, sorry, the late 19th century was owned by the companies. I mean, cash freely traded hands. Railroads bought votes with free tickets. Um, and still, that Congress in 1890 was able to pass the Sherman Antitrust Act. In uh, 1887, the first federal regulatory agency to regulate the railroads who were busy trying to buy off legislators. 1906, Food and Drug Act to make sure that the food supply, which had become contaminated by some of the industrial practices, is safe, and on and on and on. So the point of the matter is that there was, there was at that point in time, a coming together of, of the populists and the progressives to say, we need to do something about this. We can do better about this. And you talk about regulatory capture. I mean, the, the classic regulatory capture, the ultimate regulatory capture is a do nothing, right? I mean, we're in that position right now. There is no ability to have broad-based, rule-based um, oversight of the digital economy because there's no vehicle that can do it. You, you know, you talk about the polarization. Yes, of course, there's polarization that has delivered to us an unworkable Congress, as we're seeing right now. Those things are over overcomable if we, the people, say we've had enough. And that's the story of what happened in the, the late 19th century, where consumers and businesses who were being harmed said, we've had enough. We need to do something about this. We need to rebalance. And so my message is we need the same kind of rebalancing and we need to rebalance in a way that also promotes innovation. How much of the problem is the speed at which technology moves 
versus the absolute snail's pace at which legislation moves. And that by the time legislation catches up, technology has moved 10 steps ahead. Absolutely. It's a very real issue, and it's a very real issue in court. I mean, look at the ongoing Google case right now. It was it was filed in 2020. It just went to trial uh, in 2023. Um, it will not be decided until the Supreme Court makes its decision, which after several layers of appeals probably will not be until 2026. You know, those six years are a lifetime in technology. And the risk is that 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 the Supreme Court ends up making a decision on an issue that is no longer an issue because things have changed so much, which is why we need we can't rely on antitrust laws as the vehicle to govern the digital marketplace. That what we need to have is we need to have um, a, a an agile regulatory structure that can deal with things as they develop. And what I propose in TechLash is that to accomplish that, we clone the management ideas of the companies themselves. You know, when the companies want to create technical standards, so that they anticipate and mitigate the technical problems that can happen. They get together in a multi-stakeholder group and they wrestle out, here is what the standard is going to be. This is, for instance, how we have gone from 1G to 2G to 3G to 4G to 5G, and now the 6G standard for mobile phones is, is being developed. We need that kind of agility and that kind of multi-stakeholder process when it comes to establishing the rules. And, and I think that that means that we say, okay, we have a federal agency that says, here is what we need to address. Pick an issue, privacy. I'm going to assemble a multi-stakeholder group. You folks have this amount of time to come up with a behavioral code, a code of conduct that you will follow. We get to review it and then enforce it. And that kind of agile approach is much better than the kind of very rigid uh, approach that unfortunately we were we were left with by the industrial era and they were still still struggling with how important in that approach is is leadership i mean when we think about it in the technology world we think about it often in terms of of charismatic founders or really clever founders that, that are able to lead their organization to accomplish these things, to accomplish the same thing in the realm that you're talking about. How important is leadership and where do we find it? Elections have consequences. And, um, and the question is, are you going to have 
leadership that believes in the challenge uh, or stepping up to this challenge? Or are you going to have leadership that believes that does not believe in government? And um, and and those people exist. Um, the the appointment process um, that gets made is is a daunting process, and we have seen examples in um, the last couple of administrations um, as to what happens when you um, appoint somebody uh, to run government who doesn't believe in government, which I think was the example was the experience of of the Trump years. But um, but the kind of but but the kind of expectations that you have for government officials or you can have for government officials starts at the top. How much of a problem do you see? And this isn't I, I, I don't ask this as a political question because it doesn't matter whether it's one side or the other. It doesn't matter. But we do tend to have an aging leadership class in this country. And when we're dealing with something like technology, that seems to be a problem as well. Totally agree. <laughs> you know, I mean, so here's the reality. You know, the, when I was chairman of the FCC, you know, I would, I, I, Congress, a congressman or a senator would call me up and, and, and I want you to come talk to you. And then they would be, they would talk to me about, the internet or various other things that witnessed how they were trying to define today and tomorrow in terms of what they understood yesterday. Um, you know, one of the reasons I believe that we need to have a focused federal agency, as I propose in TechLash, is that we need, it needs to be populated by people with digital DNA. And um, and that is um, that is a challenge um, unless we establish that that is an expectation. So yeah, I mean that uh, you know I uh, the the challenge of of dealing with the digital environment is that we define the twenty first century in twentieth century terms and propose nineteenth century solutions. And uh, and so what I'm suggesting in TechLash is that we need to start having 21st century solutions. Tom Wheeler, his book is TechLash, Who Makes the Rules in the Digital Gilded Age. Tom, I thank you so very much for spending time with us today. Jeff, thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you.